0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Eli Schwartz about optimizing organic revenue with a distinctive blend of creativity and logic. Eli Schwartz, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Great to be here. Thank you, John. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, you're joining us, I think you said from California, correct? Yes, Bay Area. Yeah. Yes, wonderful. And I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. We were just chatting in the pre-interview a little bit and it already slipped my mind where you said you were uh, joining me from. Uh, That's wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to meet with me and to share your insights and your your experience with me and my audience. Today, we're going to be talking about optimizing organic revenue with distinct, with a distinctive bl- blend of creativity and logic, and this is a slightly different topic than what we typically discuss on the podcast, but I think it's a really important one. Uh, I think most organizational leaders are constantly trying to balance, you know, the the business side with the the human side of the organization, and without uh, revenue growth, uh, you're going to be really hard pressed to try to meet the needs of your organization and of your people. And so let's get creative about how we go about doing that, uh, which will provide greater resources to do all the other cool things that we want to try to do. So this is what we're going to be exploring together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Eli's bio with everybody. Eli Schwartz is an SEO expert and consultant with more than a decade of experience working for leading business-to-business and business-to-consumer companies. His ability to demystify and navigate the SEO process has generated billions of dollars in revenue for some of the Internet's top websites, including such clients as Shutterstock, WordPress, Blue Nile, Cora, and Zendesk. His new book is Product-Led SEO, The Why Behind Building Your Organic Growth Strategy. Wonderful to have you with me, Eli. Anything you would like to share with me or my audience by way of your background and personal context before we just dive on it?
1: You know, the only thing I would really touch on is I, I loved how you introduced this idea of being creative in your revenue when it, and, not, and thinking about it more holistically rather than the way you think about your people. And and that is the, the, the topic of my book. I think when people approach to revenue and their marketing, they think of it more algorithmically and more numerically, more quantifiably. And I think that you need to think about your revenue and your sources of revenue as the customers, the actual people, as as humans. So lo- really looking forward to this conversation. You know, love this this connection between humans and and customers instead of, you know, just a, a raw focus on marketing and revenue.
0: Yeah, perfect. Well, why don't you start us off by just explaining a little bit? You know, as I shared in your bio, this idea of demystifying. And navigating SEO. Tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, We all know what SEO is, I think. I know people uh, are grappling with it, trying to figure out how to leverage um, this, even if it's not our area of expertise. Um, But do a little bit of demystification for us as we set the stage for the conversation.
1: Yeah. So when most people think about SEO, they think about algorithms and they think about Google and, and how do they get around the Google algorithm to acquire more traffic from Google. And I really like to think about it at a much higher level. It's not about Google. It's not about algorithms. It's about users that are using search engines as the medium to arrive at what you're trying to present to them, whether that is content that you want them to read, whether that's a service which you would like them to call you on the phone and hire you, or whether that's a product you want to sell. And and really, that's the right way of approaching this channel. I don't think everyone should do SEO. Two-thirds of the conversations I have, and I'm a consultant and I work with companies and really helping them to understand and strategize their SEO, two-thirds of the conversations I have, I recommend they not do SEO. And the reason is, is because when you think about what did they, what is the customer using SEO for, it may be the customer is not using SEO at all and it's not a part of the buyer journey. There is no reason to just check the box and do SEO just because it exists. No one ever says, well, you need to have a Super Bowl ad because you are a company. That you know, would never fly with anyone. And the same applies to this as a marketing channel. You don't need to do SEO just because it exists. And when you mention everyone knows about SEO, usually that's what they think about, which is how do I get around Google? And I want people to think about it's not about Google, it's about the medium to arrive at your at your website. Some people are going to use social. Some people are going to use word of mouth. Some people are not going to use search engines at all. And really understand how it is that you're trying to present your business to people. And if search is a part of that, then you want to optimize your presence so you get more of the people that come from the search engine and not more of the search engines. The search engines are not buyers. They're not customers.
0: I like the way that you just presented that. And again, a people-centric approach to how we... Uh, run our business, whether we're talking about people in, in terms of the people on our team, whether we're talking about people in terms of the customer that we're trying to reach, using the tools that exist to try to help us accomplish those goals more effectively. And SEO is one of those tools. And it may or may not actually make sense for your organization, depending on your model, depending on your approach, right? If it makes sense though, then absolutely you you lean into it and you leverage it. Um so what do you what do you see as some of the biggest benefits for those organizations that really it fits with their strategy, with their business model? Um how can they start utilizing SEO in a way that's going to to help them start to create that organic revenue that can then be leveraged for other really important aspects of the business to grow and, and scale?
1: So first and foremost, it's not really just about leveraging SEO as a revenue channel. So SEO is about visibility and being visible on search engines. And it's, again, it's not just about selling. So if there are listeners out there that are recruiters and they're hiring people, you want to position your company the best way possible that when people search for you online and organically, they're finding the information that you would like to present to them so they do apply or they do accept that offer. And that means not just optimizing your website, so you rank higher, which is again the metric most people use when it comes to SEO is ranking. and that means how high you are on Google. I look at the metric as how much visibility you have. And within that visibility, that includes your Facebook page. That includes if you're again, if you're hiring your Glassdoor page, that includes your YouTube channel and TikTok as a growing presence. So if a competitor would seize upon what you do and create a TikTok, even if you don't think that you have Gen Z, That's something you're going to lose out on because now someone's going to find your TikTok or their TikTok when they search for you. So again, it's about optimizing that visibility so you're presenting yourself in the best way possible and not just measuring yourself by raw rankings or a raw revenue from this channel. Again, for like I said, there are many businesses I don't recommend they do SEO because it's not a buyer's channel. But for most businesses, it's a brand channel. So if you're spending money to say, be at a trade show or a conference, And people Google for you afterwards, are you presenting your best foot forward? Are you putting the information out there that people are going to want to understand about you when they Google for you? Again, it may just be your brand, but does your website say the information that you want them to see?
0: And I really like that. I hadn't really thought about from like a recruiting standpoint, the visibility, of course, that matters. Uh, And if, if we're focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion and having a more diverse workforce, and a more inclusive and uh, culture of belonging within our organizations. That means we need from the very early stages of the recruitment funnel, we need to reach the right people, right? So that people can start to see it, to to think about it, to apply. You mentioned Glassdoor, you mentioned these different places where people might go to find out more. Uh, yeah. It, uh, particularly in this labor market, my goodness, do we need, do organizations need more visibility to attract the right types of people uh, and, and so that the the uh, applicant experience needs to be positive. Uh, and you need to, you know, have an employer brand that's really positive that people can easily access and see so that they will want to come work for you. So that's actually a piece of this I had never even really considered at all, uh, which which is super, super important. So thank you for explaining that. And uh, yeah. Like you said, I think the overall uh, idea around visibility, uh, whether it's from a professional standpoint, I want, you know, a certain level of visibility uh, as I'm doing personal branding, professional branding, branding my organization, you know, to be an employer of choice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right.
1: Yeah. Another the thing I really like to turn on its head is when most people think about SEO, they think about keywords. They go to a keyword tool and they try to understand what is it that users are searching based on that tool. Now, again, I like to go all the way back and say, what is it that my users want? And therefore, how are they going to indicate those wants and intents when they go to a search engine? Now, things have changed. People do a lot of voice searches right now. So the keywords are changing because now they're doing that voice search. So they're, they're thinking differently. So therefore, they're conveying different information to the search engine. You mentioned diversity and inclusion. Now, that could be something that you would never see in a keyword research tool when you put a brand in is diversity and inclusion something that people actually search for diversity and inclusion jobs or something like that, again, not going to pop. But if you would like to position yourself as a company that cares about diversity and inclusion, then that is actually a keyword you should focus on. Make sure you use that keyword diversity and inclusion and maybe pair it with the word hiring or diversity and inclusion applicant. So now you are visible on the keyword. So when someone searches your brand, they find that again, that's not about pulling a keyword from a keyword research tool. That's po- about pulling a keyword From your research, from knowing what your customers, in this case, it's employees or or potential employees, want to search. And that is how you drive your SEO efforts.
0: Excellent, excellent. So whether it's in recruiting, whether it's in relation to employer branding, uh, whether it's related to employee experience, um, and in some of the, the connected tissue around those different aspects, whether that's the goal and the, the strategy behind the SEO efforts that you're doing, or if it is organic revenue growth, uh, or other types of exposure, uh, invisibility, um, what would you say are some of the top strategies we should be taking as we're trying to approach this uh, to, to leverage, you know, whatever resources we're putting towards our
1: SEO efforts? So I love that you use the word strategy. And that is where most people, in my opinion, miss out on SEO. There is no strategy. It's just tactics. I want this keyword. I want this backlink. I want to make this piece of content rather than a overarching strategy of what you're trying to accomplish. One thing that many people don't realize about SEO is that it's a full funnel buyer's journey, including keeping customers from churning. So if you have a number of customers that churn because you've changed your pricing, or they churn because they can't figure out how to use a certain feature, that's actually something that you can optimize for in search simply by creating that content that when they google how do i upgrade or how do i cancel or how do i whatever it is they find what you want them to find so they don't churn. so really it's about having that strategy of what am i trying to do who is the customer i'm trying to acquire and therefore i'm building my tactics which again in that case is going to be the content you create how you structure the pages maybe who links to your pages I structure all of that around what my overarching strategies, not this bottoms up approach of, well, there's a keyword. I'm going to write a piece of content. There's a website. I want to get a link to it. Again, you need the strategy trying to understand what is it that you're trying to do with this search channel, and that will drive the tactics you do. And again, it comes back to that first question I ask everyone I, I meet with, which is, is there a buyer that is coming from a search engine? So if you, you're thinking about what is my strategy to acquire that search user but you can't picture what that search user is, that search user just might not exist. And this is not a channel that you want to invest in. And just to be clear, it's not free. It is an investment channel. Like I said, I'm a consultant. People pay me. You have to hire other people to support this channel. You have to create content. Totally not free. Yes, the search engine doesn't charge you, but you are investing in it. So maybe the money you put and the time you put into this channel, if it is not an effective channel, could just go elsewhere that is more effective. You don't have to do it just because it exists.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned a a few minutes ago, um, you know, and you just mentioned again, the the channels, right? But you mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, channels like social media channels like TikTok. So these new emerging, uh, and I guess TikTok's not emerging, it's been around for a while now, but it's certainly been being um, viewed more favorably uh, and leveraged more, you know, from a digital marketing perspective more recently, it seems anyways. Um, And so... What what would you say, you know, as someone's trying to figure out, you know, what channels they want to reach out to if they're not really sure, you know, what their strategy should be, they just know that, hey, that this, this, this new platform called TikTok, it's got all the younger millennials and Gen Z uh, people on it. Uh, of course, it's, it's, has more people on it than that now too. And it has all sorts of stuff, all sorts of content there. But uh, if I'm trying to like figure out, is this a channel I want to actually go into and invest in? How do I start to think through that?
1: So there's really two ways to do this. One is a logical flow, which is you go to that whiteboard and you say, well, I'm trying to target 19-year-olds. What do 19-year-olds do to access the world? Do they text people? Do they go on TikTok? Do they, I don't don't know if 19-year-olds still use Snapchat, but maybe they do. So you really go through this logical flow on a whiteboard and think through it. Not saying you'll come up with all the answers, but you understand the questions you need to ask others and really think about and maybe your employees or your coworkers or your friends. The second thing, and this is my favorite, is really ask your potential buyers. So if you've established that Gen Z is your buyer, try to interview them. You don't need a survey, you don't need a thousand responses in a survey, but you need to ask a Gen Z part of your target audience, how is it that you would go ahead and find my business? Would you use TikTok? Would you trust TikTok if you found my business? Do you use search? Now, I worked with a company that targeted mostly Gen Z and their hypothesis was that Gen Z did not use search. And that is completely wrong. Gen Z may not use search as much as other generations. However, they do use search. Everyone uses search. Again, could be different. So the way you create your content, the way you appeal to them on search could be different. However, this is a channel that, Again, everyone's got smartphones and searches built into it. So you know if you're using TikTok and you're discovering things from your friends, maybe you're searching on TikTok and that's a challenge to Google, but you are searching, you are actively discovering information. So it's, it's really about asking your target audience, how is it that you go ahead and find our business? How would you go find our service and then learn from that? Again, you don't need a thousand people to respond. If you ask three people in your target audience and they all kind of say the same thing, that's some pretty good data to go off of.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So, you know, whether it's a formal focus group, formal survey, or just kind of casually going out and just talking to people, um, you know, you can get some pretty good insights pretty quickly, I would imagine, uh, to know whether a channel might be something uh that would be beneficial to you. And I I, I was thinking there's an organization uh, that I've been working with lately and they and they were thinking about expanding into channels because the, they're they're they've been solid with their kind of core target audience that they've had for a really long time but they actively have a strategy where they want to reach a younger demographic uh to pull uh these people in to to their product offerings and such and and so they're now exploring and wrestling with this whole idea of TikTok and it was it's funny because talking with them about it you know they were uh some of them had never even been on tiktok they'd never even seen it they hadn't really no experience with it they just knew it was kind of this like this kids dance platform or whatever not recognizing that now it's evolved into like has all sorts of content on there right um and so then they started experimenting and they started experimenting with different types of content that they might put on their channel and initially it was it was incredibly uninteresting dry uh kind of content not the kind of content you normally see on tiktok that people would want to see on tiktok um and over time you know their their comfort level to like have less produced more engaging um more kind of viral type of content that they'd be willing to put on tiktok um to to reach those younger audiences it's it's been a challenge it's been a battle so so not only recognizing the need to to explore different platforms and different channels, uh, but even the type of content that might go onto those channels uh, to extend extend your reach and the visibility uh, of of your organization, the products and services, whatever your your end goal is, um, all of that also has to you have to wrestle with the mindsets of perhaps sometimes older um, executives who may be a little bit uncomfortable with with these new emerging platforms or content styles, uh, all of that, you know, feeds into, to this and this conversation that we're having. And I think it's the wrestle that a lot of people are are grappling with.
1: Yeah. It's funny that you brought that up. I'm going to bring this back to SEO for a second. You know, the, the same way executives can acknowledge like, well, this is weird. And this is, this is what you do. And this is what works for this channel. I find that's a huge challenge on SEO, which is, many people are convinced these are the things that you need to do. I need to create this content. I need to create these keywords. I need to rank number one on Google. And I find that same challenge of like, no, you don't. You don't need to do SEO. You don't need to rank number one on Google. You don't need to buy a backlink. You don't need to create terrible, disgusting content that no one would read and you're not proud of and you'd never share in an email or put on your website. So with maybe with TikTok, I find the executives can say, well, that's just something I don't understand. Who would go to that dancing channel to buy you know, remodeling tools. But when it comes to SEO, they say, no, no, no. I don't care how long you've been doing SEO. I need to rank number one on Google. So it's great when people can acknowledge this may not be their area of expertise. And I I don't personally know TikTok and I won't claim to know TikTok, but I, I do understand a little bit more about SEO. And I find this huge challenge of, you know, earning that credibility and earning that authority to be able to say, well, this is not going to work the way you think it's going to work.
0: Yeah, well said. Well Eli this has just been a really fun conversation it's gone in directions i hadn't fully anticipated uh clearly this isn't like my area of expertise but it's been great to learn from you and to get open up kind of my thinking around uh, seo as a as a tool and and to have a strategic approach to it to explain expand our our visibility in various aspects of our organization uh, to try to accomplish our goals. Uh, Before we wrap up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: So uh, the best way to connect with me is to Google me. I do, like I said earlier, it's all about visibility. So I do a good job of making sure the right links are visible. So you can, you know, if you Google me, you find my website, you find my LinkedIn, you find my Facebook, don't add me on Facebook, but you will find it. (laughs) <laughs> and you'll find the ways to connect. LinkedIn is, is my, my favorite channel. I accept all connections and would love to you know hear from anyone and answer any questions. And then you know just for a final word on the topic, Google generates $200 billion per year from search ads. And the click-through rate on Google ads is anywhere from five to 10%. So just think about the value that's coming in from all of those non-advertising searches. This is you know trillions of dollars in the market. And, and really to understand, the scale of what people what, what is possible with this channel if you really optimized it if it's for you if it's not for you don't waste your time don't waste your money but if it is for you this channel can you know be magnitudes greater than anything you spend on advertising. Excellent thank you Eli it's been a real pleasure. I encourage my audience to
0: reach out get connected find out more about what Eli can do for you. Check out his book and as always I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.